I think my staff's getting tired of me quoting Marshawn Lynch, but like he still said it best. Like he's about that action, right? Like, like on purpose, no matter where the location of the pitch is, you crazy fool. Like I'm telling you right now, there is not one hitter on the planet. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Yeah, I don't know about that, but you know what? I'll save it for 12 months from now. We'll talk about it in 12 months. <laughs> that dugout we got Bo and joe coming up next on the farm system right here right now fellas 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 welcome back to another episode of the farm unfiltered Bo, listen people you can get a haircut now stop yeah. stop acting like you can't get a haircut. i know Look at right. this, bro. i mean that is serious like i mean listen i'm just thinking like at this point either you're becoming a hair model right and we can clean it up and become fabio right hey. or or listen Maybe I, I hear scouts might be into the, yes. you, know, you might get drafted. You know, I know it's been a couple of years out, but I think you still got it in you. I'm just hey, saying. Farm Systems Marketing Company at heart. If somebody wants to throw me some money to put a hat on, <laughs> coming out the back, you let me know, baby. I got you. <laughs> we can make it happen. We can make it happen. Well, as, uh, um, uh, as you can see, two different things. Um, one, we're still uh, quarantine season, getting that, getting that work in. And then yep. two, somehow Bo gets the, the most awesome background that, you know, like somehow that? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pick it up at some point when I, when we get this, when we actually set it up, but Bo, at some point, me and you're going to have like a professional set up no, like podcast, like, you know, we got the camera, we're starting to upgrade. We got some cool stuff. Well, you got the camera. I still got the old MacBook. We'll get there one day. Yeah. Well, and, and then also too, uh, you know, again, we got, we obviously, you know, we, we've been moving, we're doing all this other stuff, but yes. um, we've got a lot of stuff coming forward. Kind of excited, but yeah. there's a couple things that I know that uh, you want to talk about. I know we haven't put out a podcast in a little bit. Right. Um, and also too, now that we can do everything, it's actually been cool. Uh, it's inspired us with, um, you know, all the quarantine and all that stuff that's been going on right. uh, for us to do a lot of these uh, video calls, which again, we're going to do a lot more uh, going forward with, again, with a lot of our podcast and a lot of different, um, you know, resources we're going to put forward for everybody. Yeah. So um, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what are, what are some of the things you want to talk to today? Yeah. I mean, like Joey said, the quarantine has forced us to find a way to make content more accessible and uh, get people to interact and engage because a yeah. lot of people are doing it. Um, everybody's a podcaster now, I think, Joey. Yeah. That's right. But, um, today's was inspired by, I'm sure you guys have seen us doing the farm thoughts, trying to send out some um, thought provoking things in the morning and get you guys flowing and, and interacting a little bit with us. But one thing we've seen a lot, especially with the release of our, our biomechanics course is the battle between approach and mechanics. Um, yeah. especially with a you long know, fought battle, baby. Right. And I, I think it'll become more and more of a battle with the quote unquote new age gurus. I think somebody labeled us that this week. Oh, um, like <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think, you know, um, traditionally I've been more of an approach guy um, pretty heavily going towards the mechanic side now, but I kind of wanted to see where this conversation goes and kind of the dynamic between mechanics and approach. I kind of know where you, uh, what you, what side you fall on, but what, yep. what are your initial thoughts when, whenever you hear that, when coaches say, you know, one's more important than the other or, or vice versa? Um, well, I mean, let me start with this quote first off before, uh, all the old school guys are like, what the heck? That's an approach <laughs> right. episode. We're about, we're about talking about movements, right? Is that understanding that, um, is that we want to understand that anytime we're talking approach, we're talking movements, right? Yep. But every time we're talking movements, we're not necessarily talking approach, right? And the reason I say that is this, and someone's like, hold on, what are you talking about, right? So if we're talking mechanics, we're talking, uh, we're talking approach, we're talking mechanics. And so we got to think of it from like, obviously from a skill acquisition perspective, or also just from like a uh, movement perspective and period in, in, in essence is that anytime that we're talking about how someone is thinking or what they're, how they're trying to look for a certain pitch in a different part of the zone or a certain speed or all these things, pitch elimination, all these things that kind of come into de developing and designing an approach, um, that is going to change how you move. Right. It's going to change how you move. So one of the things that, you know, again, uh, going in depth of how the, the anatomy of the body works is everything starts, again, uh, this is Lance Wheeler's line, that everything starts, the kinetic chain starts in the brain. Right. And that's, and that's right. Right. Meaning that your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, uh Oh, I'm getting into Bo's uh, psychology here. There your thoughts, go. your feelings, your emotions, all of those create electronic signals, which again, create tension or lack thereof tension. Right. Um, and 
in its different amounts, right? That's why when we get in pressure situations, you can lock up and like use that flight or flight, uh, fight or flight of, of you know, a thing that response out of you, right? Or um, some of the guys get, you know, when the lights turn on and it's big time show, like that's when that guy gets better, right? So, you know, there's a lot of different body types that, you know, different type of environments, which actually it's uh, very interesting when you look into um, someone's movement from a, uh, when you look from a, an anatomy perspective, it's actually very interesting to see the type of approaches that work with those different type of movement profiles, right? So for example, um, I know a lot of players that I would say were more like loose movers, right? right? That do better with um, aggressive, right? Or um, high mentality or alpha mentality. Like they have to play like, you know, little dogs, right? Like when they're playing because it creates a lot of tension, um, and they are, they do better when the lights turn on and all that stuff happens because they can actually create some like neuromuscular tension across their body. Right. Sure. And okay, hold on now. Now everybody's going like, hold on. I thought we were talking about approach and all of a sudden I, I'm realizing that this is a lot deeper than just like, Joey, you know, what the hell are you talking just, about? Just, just tell me, just tell me to look for the ball middle outside and hit the right. ball to right field, you know? But yeah. again, I think that you need to go into the weeds to then understand, again, we need to build that foundational principle of where I'm coming from to lead you to, if I just go from A to Z of why I believe what I believe, I'm definitely going to lose people, right? No, yep. we, we got to come to an understanding of a, a solid foundation of why this changes from person to person um, mm -hmm. to understand why, again, like how I think about approach and all those things. So that's why right. I'm bringing all this stuff up is that there's a lot of depth, right? There's a lot of depth to why approaches work for certain people and why they don't work for other people. And, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, right, Bo? So, well, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, go ahead. And, especially yeah. if you're a guy that says, I have to rely on mechanics, that's yeah. your approach. Yeah. That is your approach. approach. That's your mental approach. Yep. Everything that we say, every cue, every, you know, whether it's from you, a coach, you know, our interpretation is what allows the movement to happen. So, mm -hmm. really, it's all an approach. Um, yeah. I think guys that rely heavily on, just approach i think that shows where you are with the movement you know what i mean like yeah. some guys have very limited windows to hit in so yeah. they have to really focus on the approach because if they're not right on with the approach they're not going to hit right yeah. Where like for me when i was playing i relied heavily on approach but nobody ever messed with me growing up until i was probably 18 of hitting so i naturally moved well i never really had to focus on the move because i moved well um and and that's not saying if you focus on approach, you're a good mover. <laughs> that's yeah. not what I'm saying. Right. Um, yeah. But I do think that people misinterpret approach by saying it doesn't affect the movement you're trying to create. Um, because yeah, like you does. said, the brain, everything, our interpretation is what causes the move we want. So even if you're more, even if you think you're more mechanical, that is your approach. If your approach is, I got to think this, that's going to affect your mechanics. So yeah. and, I think and we're how both you fighting move, the same battle. Yeah, I was going to say, and how, and how you move is going to affect what your approach should be, right? right? Like, we talked about this before, but it's just, it's just you know, again, too often, um, everybody wants to have, you want to have an approach that obviously doesn't work much for you, right? Like, okay, everybody will, everybody will agree on this point, right? Let's say you got a little scrawny, let's say your high school coach. You got a little scrawny freshman, probably, you know, that was my built when I first got into a uh, freshman year, I was probably like five to 100 and, uh, you know, 20 pounds soaking wet or something. Okay. Yep. Um, my coach used to say all the time, like, Hey, um, you know, Sam Norris, shout out to you. I know you follow a little bit. Okay. Um, my coach, again, he played uh, pro ball for a little bit. Um, but is that he used to tell me, St Joey, stay out of the air, stay out of the air, stay out of the air, stay out of the air. Right. Which is loosely interpretation of he was okay with line drives, which is still in the air, but he meant no like high fly balls because I didn't have the exit velocity to produce right. at that high of a launch angle, which is basically what he was telling me without knowing like the science and all the stuff that we could measure now behind it. Right. Sure. So, and again, I did, I hit pretty good. Right. I, I think I, my, my sophomore year, actually that, that was my sophomore year when uh, he actually took over his coach and I made varsity there again, I was still scrawny. It still applies. I was still scrawny. Didn't have a lot of pop yet. Um, right. never, never had a lot of pop, right, Bo? Um, but, um, but, um, you know, definitely to the point where, um, he, he knew understood that, right. That I didn't have a lot of that X velocity and that I was gonna have better results if I stayed lower. 
right? And that those balls okay. would drop. And that's what we talk about with Yakertech all the time, right? Is understanding your exit velocities so you can understand what angles that you should be hitting the ball at to get better results. Even if I was top spinning some of those balls, they were getting for hits. And I think, I think my, uh, my sophomore year, which I never looked at my batting average until he said something at the end of the year, I think I batted like 360 or something like that or something like that my, my, my okay. uh, sophomore year as like in varsity in Vegas at the time, which is crazy. Yeah. I think that's the highest I hit my entire yeah. high school career was actually that, that first year. Now, I didn't have any home runs. I didn't have many doubles. There were a ton of singles, and I was mainly there to get on base um, and, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, be a catalyst, really. So right. my role was a lot different uh, that year than it was in later years, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that that was a big, uh, you know, a big piece was that understanding that that was an approach that he gave me, which mm -hmm. then changed how I moved. Because right. when I was hitting these high balls, again, I was getting underneath a lot of balls, right? I was getting that launch angle swing. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting that launch angle swing, or realistically, I was getting higher attack angles, right? And the guy was throwing me, you know, some of it had to do with the guy throwing me BP, was throwing me soft, loopy BP. I was getting underneath balls a lot, and I was hitting these deep fly balls. Um, yep. That when I was in little league, and you know, uh, what do they call that? Uh, juniors or whatever. What, yep. uh, every league's a little bit different, or seniors or whatever they call it. Um, yeah, I was hitting these deep fly balls that were landing for doubles and stuff like that. That in high school, you know, didn't play because guys were catching those balls. Right. Um, so it was a lot different. You know, what approach worked for different age groups? That's another thing, right? What approach yeah. works for different levels, yep. um, and what the hitter is actually capable of. Um, right. What did you did you notably make any like uh, like crazy changes in your approach from like level to level? Yeah. So I actually just barely had a light bulb moment. I don't know why I hadn't put this together till right now. You'll probably laugh, but <laughs> so I played for Corey Snyder, ten year big leaguer um, with the Indians and several teams. He was he's a legend here in Utah BYU. But um, he'd always tell us swing as hard as you can. You want a little bit of posture. He wouldn't say posture, but he's like, have your uh, chest over home plate and don't let your feet move. That's what he'd always tell us. Oh, Swing hard and don't let your feet good. move. Deselling, right? Good. Yeah. And so that's all we did for four or five years. And I mean, I was small. I was always undersized. My birthdays, I'm the oldest in my grade, but I always played up because my birthday's yeah. in August. Yeah. So I was a lot like you. I'd always like, I hit the ball hard. I just wasn't strong. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty much my approach until probably high school-ish and then I, I started to lengthen out and my, my attack angle was very I always had like a loopy swing mm -hmm. um well that's what they'd say but I just hit a lot of deep fly balls like my first year of college um I had a conversation with Eric Matson. he said we need to change your attack angle because you're just not strong enough like you know if you were stronger that ball would probably leave the park but it wasn't playing so probably about in high school um it was around the time when hip shoulder separation was big and so I started to over rotate a lot trying to just uh, naturally I'm a loose guy. And mm -hmm. so I was over rotating quite a bit and I, I could get away with it in high yeah. school, especially here in Utah. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're still pretty good. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you're not the, you know, elite of elite athletes, but at the same time, you're a pretty, right. a pretty, uh, I'm a good pretty athlete. good athlete for yeah. how goofy I am. Yeah, I mean, no, no, you're pretty. Yeah, exactly. You're definitely, you definitely could, um, yeah. you had some pretty good breaks, you know, you right. had some other really well, good things that are going on. My first year at Utah Valley, like they exposed how spinny and how rotational I was because I had to commit so early to fastballs mm. yeah. that I would, I was swinging at breaking balls that landed probably a foot in front of the plate. You know, <laughs> you go from playing five, a baseball in Utah to face an Oregon state's number one with not moving yeah. very well. Yeah. It doesn't matter what approach you have, you're not going to hit. And yeah. so, yeah. That, well, hold on. Hold on. People would argue the opposite way. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you move if you don't have a good approach. <laughs> hey, to be fair, to argue their point, I, I hit like 200, but I led the team in doubles. Hey. So hey, all, when I hit well, it, when I hit it, I hit it. I would also say I would also to argue that that point as well is that if you have a good approach, you're going to clean up your movements which right. then leads to better results as well. So sure. if you clean up your movements rather than just focusing right. on the other side of the spectrum, if you focus yeah. on that, it could create better movements and therefore yeah. fix both. Yeah. I think the, I think the biggest thing that clicked for me, like you said, that some loose guys have to think aggressive and hard. Mm -hmm. So my first couple of years of college ball, we, his cue was hit the ball at the second baseman, mm -hmm. but I'd kind of like guide it that way. 
So yeah. like I was loose and yeah. I was losing direction and I undercut a lot yeah. of balls inside out. It, yeah. So then I started yeah. when I got to Sterling, I think the same direction, but yeah. like hit the ball as hard as I could. Yeah. And it actually forced me to break better because I yeah. was tense at contact. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think my biggest mechanical adjustment or my biggest thought process was landing closed and hitting as, as hard as I could to right field. Mm-hmm. And mechanically, I braced better. My direction was way better. I could hit breaking balls now. Like I could never hit a breaking ball until halfway through my junior year. Yeah. And now I hunted breaking balls because I was just landing and moving better through those positions of the swing. Yeah. Where before I had a cheat and I had no shot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I think about it now, but one of the cues that I always went back to that really helped me was I used to tell myself explode on the ball. That used yeah. to be my, that used to be my cue. And I had no idea why it worked, right? I just knew that I would try to be, again, real like easy early. Yeah. And then when I'd get to the ball, I would think about that's when I want to be hard. That's right. when I want to be. I, I would think about it like I was trying to be, that's when I would try to speed up, right. which is funny because now I understand why, you know, again, that way for me, that would be such a really good cue, right? For sure. But at the time, you know, and again, it didn't always work. Sometimes, you know, it was yeah. still off and I had to switch my approach up a little bit, but was that was this, one that I went back to a lot. What year was this? Was this at Sterling? No, I, um, I played with it. I did with it a couple years, right? Like I did, um, I, I would, I went to it a couple times at Sterling, but it really helped me in like high school. Um, and then also, you know, a couple years in Juco. Um, and when I was at uh, Pine Bluff, I don't know, you know, everything, the sky was falling. I don't know what the hell was going on. Everything was just, I was, you know, it was a mixture between me being a little immature, me being, yeah. you know, uh, you know, a new just adjusting to my environment and everything else was going on. And then also to uh, me trying to get in the same alignment with our hitting coach. And right. like, you know, he wanted, I, I had always been like a, especially for the last couple of those years, I've been like a power guy and like right. swinging, you know, I'm, I'm big swing, you know, either I'm, you know, I, I'm not sure we'll have to look this up. I'm surprised that any of these guys that are, haven't been calling me out on social media before haven't yeah. looked me up and said, didn't you lead California in K's or something, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure I might've at least for a week or something like that at one point. Yeah. But I also, until like the last day of the season was like leading our league in homers. So right. I was like leading our league in homers. And then over half of my hits were extra base hits. So I was yeah. like, my coach used to say that like, Joey, like, you don't, you know, like you get your cuts in, like it's either yeah. swing big or, you know, miss big. All, I was like, you know, you're all or nothing. Yeah. I'm all or nothing. I still was yeah. like that a lot at Sterling. Um, right. And that's why, you know, probably led the country in, uh, you know, foul home runs. Foul ball home runs. Yeah. So, um, and I, and I, I think that, so, you know, again, that was a cue I went back to here and there. It didn't always work. And I think it was because I couldn't really, um, when I think back to it now that I couldn't, I wasn't getting my body in a position to be able to create tension. You know, like, again, my lower half was probably spinning. I was probably dragging my barrel. So it was really hard for me to be in a position to be able to explode, you know, my, my explode or create tension um, yeah. on the ball. Um, did you try so to I, go pull side a lot of the time? No, I, it's actually funny. You know, there was times, you know, those times, one of the biggest, biggest, uh, approaches that I used to use, this is another one that really helped me. Mike Easler gave this one to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've talked about him a couple of times. He was a mentor of mine. Again, you know, played in the big leagues for like what, 17 years, 15 years, and then coach for like another 15 or something like that. Uh, still like helps like a lot of pro guys here right. in Vegas, but, uh, he was like Mo Vaughn's guy. And this was one of the ones he used to give Mo Vaughn too. So, Again, if I'm standing at home plate, right, and this is it going out, what he was used to say is spin your field. And so I would think of, again, center field would become, become my left field, right field would become my center, and foul would become my right field, right? And so I would spin the field. I wouldn't, I wouldn't move. I wouldn't move my body. Or when I, I wouldn't think about moving my body, I probably did land a little bit more closed and maybe I kicked right. back a little bit more. Um, but I used to think in my head that left field was a foul ball. Like mm-hmm. that wasn't even in play. You know what right. I'm saying? Now that didn't mean that I didn't hit balls that way. I just was thinking that that was foul, which yep. is funny because normally when I thought about the normal field, I hit the ball foul, which means that now that would be fair ball, right? That would be yep. left field, which would now be, uh, you know, it helped me a lot. So yes. 98% of my career, which makes sense because of how I moved, mm-hmm. I had to think right field. I yep. had to think right field. I yep. had to think right field timing, right? And sometimes it would get me in trouble, right, Bo? I would get a lot, you know, just like you, right? I would start spinning and then I would try to pull my hands inside and inside out a ball to right field and shoot it that way. And um, I think Strickland, uh, uh, Rick Strickland, one of the things he said at uh, 
bridge the gap last year. He goes, you're going to win some battles with spin, meaning right. like you can side spin a couple of balls, you can top spin yeah. some balls and you're going to win some battles yeah. like that. Right. Well, but yeah, yeah, you're going to have some success like that. But those, those were, I think the two biggest ones that I always went back to. And I had some funky ones that I would change my approach all the time. Right. Um, but at the time, Bo, I would just, it was all about like, and I don't know how yours were, but yeah. mine were all like, um, you know, just, I'm going to try it. Right. And if it, you know, it's just, it's trial fail, you know, just I'm failing. Like I, now I got to change the approach. I got to change the approach. I never really understood. And that's why I want to get into the other side. Right. I never really understood. Now I do why those approaches really helped me as a right. mover. But yeah. if I understood how I was moving, I could have designed my approach to For come sure. up with more things like that. Like I give to my hitters now to help them with their approaches because I know how they move. And I know yeah. what I know generally what thought would probably a, a similar idea might work for them, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But those are, those are my two things. Like explode on the ball and then like spin the field. And then, yeah. yeah oh, and then I, yeah, same concept, but I would think I always had to think right field. And now yeah. my furthest home runs to left field were when I was thinking right field for sure. I'd stay closed. Everything would, you know, yeah. and I could, I could keep everything closed and, and that's get what, the ball. that's what I always tell guys I work with now. Like if you struggle with fastballs in, challenge yourself to land closed because mm. I struggled with fastballs in two. So I think I'd have to cheat my hips. Getting, I have no space. My hips were getting in the way of my yeah. elbow yeah. where, I mean, how many home runs did I hit to the full side that my senior year, like 15, yeah, probably 14 or 15 to the full side. Yeah. But every, every, every pitch I was thinking right center yeah. and you land closed the balls in, you have space to get yeah. the elbow ahead of the pelvis. And now you're, yeah. you're delivering the bat. I, I, I would also say this sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes this is I've, I've seen this as well is I do get it though that when guys are ran, landing like or just stepping closed right, right rather than like swiveling closed with their pelvis sure. when guys yep. are just like stepping closed they can feel tied up on that inside pitch absolutely which I understand why again I used to do that at times right the guy would throw to me and I would land open right because yeah. like you're saying right the hips did go and they are in that lane right but if I stride open and all of a sudden I created that space, yeah, I can space. still hit that inside. I can hit that inside ball. Now, and again, so, if he starts throwing it's a breaking ball that starts yeah. middle in and breaks away, then exactly. you're exactly. And that's why I also, that's why I also, you know, uh, led in case. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that that's also something that not just us, but hitting coaches in general, not just land closed land with your, your pelvis is square. You're just changing your orientation of where you're landing. So if you start here, it's yeah. more like this. Your pelvis is still square. You know what I'm saying? You're swiveling to a closed position. Yeah. Not just landing with your foot closed and your pelvis is still, because now you're, you know, you're putting your pelvis in a compromised position. Yeah. Turn and I, I, th I talk about that a lot too. Uh, basically what you're talking about, again, if you're more of like an anatomy guy, is that you're, when I say swivel your pelvis, we're talking about, um, again, if this is your front hip and this is your back hip, right? Is that you're doing like this move as you're going yeah. forward. Now, yeah. and what that is, is that's going to be internal rotation of your back, your back leg, right? You're taking right. your, your, your hip and you're doing that. Now, um, that's very important, right? Because again, you're loading that glute, right? That glutes getting stretched and that's creating that force of your pelvis to be able to uh, create there. And right. I, I think, I, I think this is a, a lot of things as well, is that like, understanding that because of how guys move, it makes sense. Like, for example, let me, let me just throw this one out there, right? This is where the, you know, biomechanics and how somebody moves becomes important. For sure. You can't have a blanket statement for everybody to use because yep. for example, two of the best hitters in baseball, three, one, if you tell Mike Trout to hunt a ball up, that's dumb. Mm -hmm. It's dumb because he struggles with balls up. He struggles. Yeah. He doesn't hit those balls well. That is a two strike if I have to, or if I'm looking for it, and that's where he's, you know, like that's if he has to, that's yeah. what he'll do. But it's a pitch that he really struggles with. For okay? sure. So most coaches will say three one two zero. Oh. I used to. My coaches used to tell me this three one two zero oh, one zero. Oh, you know, o oh, o oh, count. I'm looking for a ball up in the zone. Well, right. Trout doesn't hit those well. Right yeah. now, the opposite. Alex Bregman. Okay. If you tell Alex Bregman to have the same approach that Mike Trout has, right, of hunting balls down in the zone when he's 3-1-2-0-0-0, that's also dumb because he, he, he hammers balls up in the zone yep. because of how he moves. Yep. He hammers balls up in the zone. 
So they have different approaches of what they're looking for. And also too, um, Bregman has, uh, doesn't have as good a direction as Trout does. So Bregman's a little bit more poolside and also too for his ballpark that plays, mm-hmm. right? A lot of the time he can spin on a ball and still get it out of the yard, right? For sure. And then also too, it's a little bit, and then you also take it to the other way where, where I think it's also important again to take in what the athlete's capable of is right. that, look, um, even though they're also both great hitters, Altuve and Judge can't have the same approach. For sure. They both move different. They, all, yeah. bo- they also both have different capabilities. And again, Judge can absolutely slice a ball and hit it out of the yard to right field, especially in Yankee Stadium, right? Where Altuve is, again, his, his, especially with how he moves and how, how much he lands closed, how far he kicks back, um, all of these things that he has a completely different approach. Um, and even though he is very efficient, he still can't produce, Judge is still going to produce more maximal force than, sure. than Altuve is creating. But Altuve is, uh, you know, definitely an eye of like consistency when it comes to like his yeah. movements and, you know, what he's capable of doing too. Yeah. I think that ties into one, the resource I'll have you open up here in a minute that we released, but two, and I speak from experience because Joey will tell you, I've always been more of an approach guy, but I always would be more of a blanket approach, just like you're saying. Yep. And as soon as I start to understand the biomechanics, I understand how players move, at least yep. knowing what it looks like. Like, I'll be honest, I'm not going to explain it as well as Joey, but I know what it looks like now. And yep. now I can cater approaches to players. So yep. we, we have been getting some pushback about the course we released and how approach is important. But even if, yep. even if all you focus on is approach, you have to be able to see the moves and at least understand enough to know what approach the guy needs. Yeah, and this is a thing too. I actually want to help. Um, look, I'm all for approaches. I also want to help that conversation because then you have approach guys arguing with approach guys going, this is the best approach. This is the best approach. And it's like, no, 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 no. They're both good approaches depending on the guy, the situation, all the things that are going in. Right. So again, that's where I want to go to. Again, there's this, there's all these little, first off as people, what do we want to do? We want to divide each other. Right. It's always like, it's like, no, I'm in this camp and I'm in this camp and these are my buddies and these are these like, Again, that's a human nature thing. Again, I'm getting into psychology again that we like to yeah. do is like this to, when there's not a, a someone to, you know, put the blame on or, you know, be against or whatever. Yeah, that's one of the best uniting way, things of people, right? Bo? it's yeah, like sure. be against something then everybody pulls together because they want to be against something. Yeah, um, sure. But I want to say that, look, you have the approach versus the mechanic guys, but then you also have approach guys versus approach guys. Like, no, that's a terrible approach. Uh, no, I would never tell my guy to do that, you know, et cetera, right? right? So right. why I want to break into that, and first off, a lot of people have obviously because I've, I, again, because of what I do and also I'm very into the, the movements of mm-hmm. I've been accused of, and, and when I've been interviewed by, you know, a number of MLB organizations, that's one of the questions that every single one of them asked me. Well, what's your right. thoughts on approach, right? Because again, they're used to the facility guy being like, they're thought of as like a swing coach, right. not a hitting coach. Hitting coach, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, and with that being said, that's where it comes into is I want to help those guys that are going, you know, the approach guy versus approach guy is that understanding why different approaches work for different guys, right? For sure. So if you don't understand movements, okay, put it this way. How many of you out there would have told a guy to top spin a ground ball to the second baseman, okay? And he's the four-hole hitter. There's a guy on second base, you know, like, like again, he's your, he's your top hitter. He hits all, you know, hits most of the home runs on your team. And his approach, every AB is to hit a top spin ground ball to second base, okay? Especially some of you guys that are like, like no, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to hit doubles and homers. Well, guess right. what? I'm going to tell you guys right in the middle. Some of you guys might be like, yeah, I've, you know, given that before or something like that. Okay, I gave a pro guy that, and he hit two home runs in the same game to center field off the uh, hitter's eye, yeah. right? Um, because he, that's what, because of how he was moving, I gave him that approach to create a certain movement that really helped him hit, okay? Yeah. Now, I've also told guys, I've also told other guys, hey, I want you to, I want you to pull this ball as far as you can. Yeah. Okay. That's also the opposite extreme. I've told guys to hit balls foul or try to hit the ball into the dugout in front of them. Yeah. Okay. But again, if you don't understand the movements that it's going to create or how the person is moving, 
right? right? So that's why we came out with that clip, right? When we're talking about the biomechanics course, right? We came out with that clip where we talked about, you know, see ball, hit ball, right? Like, and that's an approach. It's a very simple, right? They try to make it as simple as possible. Simple approach out there. Yeah. Yeah. Just throwing out there like see ball, hit ball, right? So you're right. Like, again, that is simplicity is important, right? There is definitely some, you know, great things to that. There is some freedom in that. Right. But also too, how somebody moves is going to help them. Like, for example, when we say see it better, right? Or we say see ball. Well, we all want to see it better. Well, how you move is going to change what your head does. Yeah. And if your head is moving a lot, how many Hall of Famers have you heard talk about that? I want to kind of keep my head as stable as possible. Well, guess right. what? That has to do with movement. If yeah. you're doing move, you know, moves that are making your head move a, a lot, especially when you're going into rotation, right? One of the biggest things that I talk about with guys is, again, guys that are, I call them uh, back anchors, or you can, talk, you can talk about that because, again, it is like their lats and stuff like that. It's actually causing them to do the movement. But when coaches, a lot of old school coaches, they'll think of it as like they see their front shoulder flying out, okay? That's realistically their shoulder. Does, your shoulder isn't rotating your entire trunk. That's no. not what's rotating your entire trunk. That's okay? a symptom. You have, you have all your lats and all these muscles that are running, big muscles that run across the backside right. of your body, Right. And so those things cause you to do this movement. Okay. Yep. Now watch what it just did to my head. Yeah. Right? My head comes up and out of the, out of the zone. Right. What is that going to do with my vision? It's going to be problematic. Right. What happens when guys throw me breaking balls? What happens when things go yeah. away? Right. No adjustability. No adjustability. Right? I'm going to have some problems. Right. So um, that's, a, that's what I'm saying about how you move is going to help you see it better. Right. Yep. That's, that was just one example. I can give 50 million. Okay. Yeah. Now two. Okay hitting the ball better. Well, first, now I can see it better, but also too, when I'm moving and like you were talking about earlier and I have better direction and better space, right? And I'm able to transfer more force into the ball because I have the spacing, the direction, and also too, because of I'm not yanking away from contact or I'm not spinning off the ball and I'm staying yeah. square to the baseball, okay? Like all like guys have been talking about for a long time. Yeah. Because I'm doing all of that, right? I'm going to hit the ball better. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to hit it more square. I'm going to hit it more consistently. I'm going to hit it harder. Your time to contact probably goes down too. Exactly. And time you have, to contact you have longer time to make decision, more adjustability. Exactly. So biomechanics. So bi- biomechanics is really realistically is just understanding how we, how we're creating force, right? Yep. Really giving us a number, right? This, this is the thing. People too often, again, think of biomechanics as mechanics, right? Which it is, but at the same time, people take it too far. Biomechanists are not hitting coaches. Yep. They know how to read a graph. They understand that your numbers look different than Mike Trout's. They don't know how to get you from Mike Trout's numbers to your tr- numbers. They might be able to say, hey, your leg's supposed to be here and they can be able to tr- try to position. But again, we don't want everybody to look and try to move exactly like Mike Trout because they're not right. built like Mike Trout. Now yep. there's things of Mike Trout that we could all, you know, that we all wish we had, right? For sure. For sure. But if every, if again, if, if other guys try to move like Mike Trout, a lot of guys, they're going to have their, their uh, production is going to go down. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's some big underlying principles about um, his movements that are, you know, really great that we could all use. But at the same time, if we did everything that Mike Trout did, we'd also would be <clears throat> problematic as well. But that's, you know, again, just in essence, but I'll let yeah. you kind of expand on that. But that's in essence, like why we say that and why we talk about that is like see ball, hit ball. Yes. But we could, you know, what if we could help you see it better and hit it better? Right. And I think I just want to add there too, because I think people kind of perceive the course and what we're doing. Like just because you study biomechanics doesn't mean you're not a hitting coach. It, do, it doesn't mean you're a swing yeah. coach. You, you need the whole picture and Agreed. just buying the course and, and doing this. It, may, it might make you feel uncomfortable because it challenges some of your beliefs, but it guarantee yeah. you it'll make, if you're an approach guy, it'll make it better for you. Oh yeah. Uh, and especially the deal, man, like, look, I see some guys spending 99 bucks for the course. If you want to spend 99 bucks for the course, pay 99 bucks for the course. Okay. Membership is five bucks. Cancel when you want. I highly recommend checking it out. Cause look, this is coming from a guy that taught approach the whole time. I work with guys on approach every single day and it made me better because you mm-hmm. start to learn how the body's moving. And yeah. Joey and I aren't getting rich. I mean, I wish we were, but you know, we're not doing this to get rich. Um, just doing it to help you guys out. So I think that the divide between approach and, yeah. uh, you know, biomechanics just needs to, it's one thing. It's all one yeah. thing. That's what we always say, right? Yeah. It's all one thing. 
Well, and Bo, this is for example, just so you guys understand as well. Like if, if we really wanted to, right. Again, with that, we could just make the course 200 bucks. Right. Yeah. And then just our people, you know, again, we, we could have had a, put it this way. If we'd have made it 200 bucks, we'd make much more money than we're making right, right now off of the one course. We're doing this again, because again, like we talked about the pillars, right. Of going with that is affordable, applicable, digestible. Those are like our three major pillars that we want to make. Because again, yeah. I didn't grow up the I didn't grow up the richest. Right. And that's, that's going to be a big yeah. thing that we always do is to make sure that information and education is not just for the rich or just not for the wealthy or not for the most connected or whatever. We yeah. want to give you guys access to things that have never, no one has ever had access to before. I mean, yeah. think about that. Think about that. That a couple of years ago, a course like that we just put out is like not even thinkable. It's yeah, not even thinkable. No one can even put it together. A lot of money. Yeah, there's no way you would to have access to that right now for the five bucks. I mean, obviously insane. And again, I'm not trying to make this a freaking marketing video. Just get yeah, you no, the passion. No. I mean, but I'm not. But, look, look, Joey and I aren't naturally marketing guys. The reason we get fired up about it is because we feel like you need to do it as a coach, period. Well, it has and, nothing to do and, with me making money. If this was, yeah. if this was, you know, driveline, whoever it is, like we point to those guys because we think people need those resources, period. It doesn't matter who it is. Agreed. You know what I'm Agreed. saying? And again, just like them, again, the only way to push the game forward, right? Like a lot of things we're doing is like, and also too, you guys know by now, if you're like listening to our podcast quite a bit, is that we're both like pretty religious guys, right? Like we're, you know, and, and so yeah. with that, um, one of the things for me personally is that I feel like we have a, a platform even too with the podcast, right. For us to do this one right now, right. Is that we have a platform to help baseball and right. we have a platform to help push, you know, messages and to, um, be able to make education, you know, available. And also in some small way, right. We've already like, we're almost at a, you know, and, and don't me wrong but we know, me and you and I both know this is that there's podcasts that are much bigger than ours. Right. For sure. But still it is something that be said, I was thinking about this the other day that literally like we almost have a hundred thousand downloads. Yeah. A hundred thousand downloads. And some people got there a lot quicker than us. And some people sure. will never have a hundred thousand downloads. Right. Right. Like, sure. and so when it comes back and in the, and again, not, you know, we'll definitely spin this back to approach here in a second. Sorry, guys. For sure. But I'm just yeah. getting on this, this thing of being like, we feel, again, also like responsible and also like to be good stewards of our platform to be able to, again, give back and to do a lot of things for the baseball community. It's just hard to, at the same time, when we're doing things, again, we can only lead you to water, right? You got to drink it, right? You got you to go take the course that's going to make you feel a little uncomfortable, but at least you get right. to feel uncomfortable in your home. At least you right. get to feel uncomfortable in the dark rather than feeling uncomfortable in the light, right? And also, too, is it about you feeling comfortable or is it about you winning baseball games and, you know, again, affecting these players' lives and giving them the opportunity to be able to, again, achieve a lot of their goals and, right, and also your team's goals? You look, right. Put it this way, Bo. All, you should if, – if it was me, I'll pay five bucks for, to disagree with the person the whole time. For sure. Right? If you get one little baby nugget from it, who cares? And also, too, there's a whole bunch of drills on there. There's so many other things that come with the membership. It's right. ridiculous, right? I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Joe and I are naturally, uh, I think we call it discussions because I don't, I don't know if it's really an argument, but yeah. I want to make sure my arsenal is ready to go. So if I have to say something, even if it's against my beliefs, I want to know what the hell's out there. Yeah. Especially for five bucks, I can cancel that thing whenever I want. Like, yeah, I, I've probably studied more on the opposite side of my true beliefs than my actual beliefs, just so I know I'm stable. I know what is out there, where the game's going, because if it's not us, somebody else is going to do it. Yeah. KVest, you know, these other companies are going to do it because that's just where the game's going. Um, and like Joey said, we're just trying to make it as accessible as well. As and that's the thing. That's the thing, Bo, too. Other people have already put out other courses, right? Right. Like you can go get some biomechanics courses, but again, they're going to cost you 300 plus dollars. Right. That's, we saw that being an issue, which is why For we sure. did what we did. Right. Yep. But so. No, I want to ask you this. Yeah. I want to ask you this one. So we get towards the end cues. Is that more of a mechanical thing or an mental approach thing? Um, yeah. See, like, I don't like where, where does that fall yeah. in? Because I've heard some people say like, I don't really like to cue even though they're approach guys. And I'm like, well, you are queuing. Isn't it all kind of the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this with Justin Stone's episode a little bit, right? Is that an approach is an approach is like an external cue most of the time. 
Right. Sometimes you could be still be in an internal queue, right? Cause you're, you're still changing, but a lot of times it's just an external queue, right? If you're thinking about um, a bull on a certain spot, a spot of the zone, right. Or if you're hunting, you know, like if you're going that seven baseball approach, right. Yeah. Seven baseballs across the plate and you're hunting, you know, a three through five or whatever, right on the baseball. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen that. I, I think that there's, you know, either bows either come out with something or I know I did one back in the day. Got on one the, on the farm talks. Yeah. We're yeah, putting okay. some out with the art of coaching here soon. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so yeah, that's, that's definitely on there as well for you guys to go look at. Okay. That's a, an approach technique. And that's another thing. It's just a technique, right? There's a lot of different approaches that can work at different times. <clears throat> I know, for example, uh, Bo is that again, is that, uh, I had a pro guy that I used to train with when I was in high school or at junior college. Mm-hmm. And he used to say what he would do. It was Zach Walters. He played for the Indians for a little while, yep. you know, mm-hmm. had a whole bunch of home runs. Um, he uh, hit a couple walk-offs, but he said what he used to do was he would intentionally stand on the plate and closed to force the guy to throw in. And then he would step open and yank him for a homer. Nice. Right. So, so um, my, my, my point with all this is again, there's, there's a lot of chess that goes on and I want to get into Bo just like quickly. Yep. Um, one of the couple of things I just want to hit on is I want to give some people like some applicable approaches Yep. Um, that they can like take away and some ones that we've done, you know, at the highest level. Again, I used to do this with uh, Donnie Ecker quite a bit when we were, you know, doing stuff with the bees, we would talk through like approaches and uh, pitch eliminating and a bunch of stuff that we used to do. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to give away just a, a, a couple things. I think we'll, you know, go more in depth with them on like farm plus and some other things, but again, yeah. I want to kind of just touch on them um, yeah. of some of the ones that have really been uh, useful. Yeah. You know? um, I mean, I th- it's really kind of hard. And I sound like you and Eugene saying it depends, but I think the biggest thing when I talk about approach is understanding the player's strengths and weakness and breaking the seven zone. If you haven't seen the seven zones of the plate, go watch it. It's on the, the farm talks. Maybe we'll do a brief snippet so you guys can see what we're talking about. We'll put in the show notes too. Um, But understanding what pitches you struggle with and just eliminating pitches. You know, if you struggle with balls in, um, hunt something five, six, seven, something away from you. Um, and then understand your orientation in the box. Like, I think that's something that people forget about too. I think it, I think it was Pete Rose that said he just makes the adjustments up back and off the plate. Yeah. Um, I don't really consider that mechanical really. I still think that's an approach. Um, and that changes day to day. Like uh, we're going to do a, a farm talk or a art of coaching about getting ready to hit today, but that's like an, something you analyze every single day. How do I feel? Uh, how's my swing doing? Where are the things that I'm struggling with and what pitches do I need to eliminate? Um, I would say pitch elimination is probably the, the number one thing when I'm talking about approach is understanding where the hole's at in my swing right now and what pitches do I need to hunt to have the best chance to hit. That, yeah. that, that's what I would say would be number one for me. Yeah, so I, I tweeted this the other day. I said, your approach is a mix of a couple things. What you want to hit, yeah. what the guy's going to throw you, yeah. And what you're, and, and, and what you're actually right. Able to hit. For sure. Right? So you would think, you would think this is the thing and, and your approach is a mix of those three. So I say, this is a lot of people are looking for something they can't hit hundred percent one, right? Two, a lot of people are looking for something they're not going to get. Yeah. Right. And then three, you actually have the reality there of, okay, between what I can hit, what I want to hit, what he's going to throw me, there's got to be a mixture in there of there's something in there that I can hit, right? Yeah. So, for example, let's, let's just give this for example, okay? Yeah. We go pitch eliminating, we go movements, right? Let's say today I got to face Scherzer today, right? Off the couch, okay? Yeah. If I'm trying to hit all of his pitches, I'm in trouble because, one, he's the, one of the best hit, uh, pitchers in all of baseball, Okay if not the best right now. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, his pitches move all at different angles and it's, I'm foolish and naive to think that I can cover all parts of the zone on every pitch that I can't, especially on somebody like that. And also when you don't, the balls are tunneling and going all these different directions, you can't cover everything. Okay. Even, even Steve Springer talked about that. If you go up there trying to hit everything, like that's not a plan. You're hitting nothing. Yep. Yeah. You're hitting nothing. Okay. Um, and then, you know, so I'm going to go up there and this is going to be, let's just go for one pitch, not that at bat, but for one pitch, my approach for one pitch. 
So let's say again, I look up there and I'm like, okay, again, I'm off the couch. Let's go through a quick thought process. Yep. I'm off the couch. First pitch of the AB, right? He's, he's Scherzer on the mound. Okay. He's got one of the fastest fastballs and highest spin rates in all of baseball. Okay. Yep. I'm Joe Schmo off the, off the, off the couch. Most likely he's going to go just like he does for the rest of the league. Probably fastball up. Fastball, fastball. Probably get three of them. Probably get three of them, right? But especially first pitch right off the couch, I'm probably going to get fastball up. So already there, right? When I say pitch eliminating, we're eliminating other options, right? Meaning that for sure, if he went first pitch, you know, um, and this is the thing, right? You have the the tunneling and stuff like that too. But we used to talk about this, um, again, that I'm going to eliminate some of those other pitches in my head. And again, I could be selling out for fastball. So maybe, again, I might have to cheat. Right. Again, that might become to the point of the third one, right? What can I actually hit? Well, I could hit his fastball if I cheat to it. Right. Okay. Well, if I can hit his fastball, cause I can cheat to it. That gives me, that gives me one option of approach. Yeah. Right. Um, there also might be the other, other thing too, of me being like, okay, again, let's say after first pitch, he throws the fastball and I'm off the couch and I'm like, yeah, that ain't gonna work. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. Right now, again, as uh, one of my favorite quotes now, it's from uh, Warren Buffett. But when the facts change, your mind's got to change. That's yep. one of my favorite quotes now. Okay. Yep. Um, there's also that other aspect of being like, okay, he's throwing me fat. Let's say he's throwing me fastballs up. Right. And I'm Mike Trout. Even Mike Trout struggles with fastballs up, especially from Scherzer up in the zone. Okay. Yep. Mike Trout off Scherzer might have to be looking for, okay, he's going to come first pitch fastball up, strike one. I don't, I'm not swinging at it, right? Because again, my eyes are low because Trout's looking low, yeah. right? He knows that at some point, Scherzer throughout the day, or at some point, Scherzer's going to go low in the zone. Why? Because most pitches break where? Down. The ball is going to go down at some point. So yes, if he throws me three, again, if I have three at-bats off Scherzer all day today, and he throws me fastball, 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 top of the zone, and then when I get to two strikes anyways, okay, now we're just battling, right? right? And again, I might swing at the pit, the fastball up there, and maybe I get lucky on one, especially on my trout. But I'm a pitch eliminating that early in the count. I'm not looking for a fastball up, even though that's what he's going to throw me, right? right? I'm looking if, again in that situation, right? That I'm looking for a ball down, and that could be breaking. It could be in this, you know, again a three, a three through five, right? It could be something that's starting in a two and then breaking to a five, right? And again, some people are like, "Whoa, hold on." Now that's a lot of thinking for them to do. But again, we got to remember, this is all happening prior to game time, right? I'm yeah. going to come up with a plan, right? Yep. If you're, you're going into the game with no plan and not, not knowing who you're facing, you're again, you're not going to beat the best in the world. You're not. Right. You can do that in a high school pitcher, but as you go up in levels, you do have to form an approach before the game yep. starts. Each person to what yep. the guy throws and what you can hit, yep. right? And then two, then you get in there and then you have the game within the game, which is I think Calabello yep. mentioned, the game yep. within the game right? Yep. Now you're going pitch to pitch. What is he throwing me because of the, the, the you know, off of this information, right? As the facts change, my mind needs to change, right? Right. Is he going to go another fastball up? Is he going to go here? What am I hunting? And then also, I think the most foundational principle, right, of approach is that no one understands the word approach. Mm-hmm. It's just a strategy. Yeah. It's a strategy. It's not going to always be successful. You're playing it over the average of ABs, right? If I face Scherzer four times today and I get a hit off of him, that's a, it's a plus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of times that, you know, again, that this man throws no hitters. The right. whole lineup doesn't get a hit the whole yeah. day, right? right? So, like, we got to understand that, again, this is all a law of it. I might also go three for four off him today. Maybe he keeps right. throwing me again. He keeps going to that slider down, and I'm, I'm looking for it. And yeah. I'm hammering him you know, or whatever. I would say that too. I think you nailed it with, if you're not, if you're an approach guy and you put a very high importance on approach, you better know the guy that on the mound because they have an approach too. If you don't think the pitching coach has talked to him and said, you know, both tendencies are this or Joey's tendencies are that, then you're going to be a a long day at the plate. Yeah. Um, And also knowing their strengths, man, like there were times in games, like we, we faced Oklahoma Baptist, Kelvin Rivas was sitting 96 to 98 against us mm-hmm. just not a good matchup and you know you know it going in you you know hey if I get on base twice it's a dub for me I might go over three but I need to find a way to get a hit 
Mm-hmm. Where other guys, it's a good matchup for you. And you just yeah. can go up there and, and open it up more. Yeah. Um, but understanding like the strengths of the pitcher and then what your limitations are. And some days you're going to show up to the ballpark and the coach yeah. is going to know, Bo, look, it's going to be a long day for you. We're just going to need you to try to get a few walks. You know, I, he walked me on four pitches and I hit two breaking balls for hits. Yeah. He's throwing 98 miles an hour because I just wasn't – I eliminated the fastball. I, yeah. I didn't think I was – if I was looking fastball, he was going to get me with a breaking ball every time. Yeah. And understanding your limitations and their strengths and how they're going to pitch you, then you formulate the approach. Or yeah. I think a lot of people go the other way. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would say – and the same thing too, like, you know, another example of pitch eliminating. Okay, so again, let's say, again, you're Bregman, right? I'll use those two different movers. Mm-hmm. I might eliminate Scherzer's slider – because yep. that pitch is going to be a very tough pitch for my matchup and my direction issues. That slider is going to be a very a tough the, – the only way I can look, the only way that that pitch even makes sense for uh, Bregman is if it starts in off the plate. So I know up out of a tunneling – Probably up and in. Yeah. So I know out of a tunneling – I know out of a tunneling aspect that if it comes out of his hand – and again, if you guys know the seven zones, right? If it comes out of his hand and it's already a four or a five, that's not a good pitch for me. No. Definitely that's that's going to be as Bregman, that's going to be a problem. That's gonna be problematic. And just so you guys know, I know for a fact that Bregman actually is one of the biggest guys in the league to actually get to the field early and study pitchers and watch their tendencies. And he does a whole game plan and also has someone hitting a trash can in the dugout, but he uh, for <laughs> sure, for sure is a big game plan guy and, and wants to know what guys are, you know, again, trying to set up and have a feel for what guys are throwing it. Okay. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so so that's that's a big uh, thing there, and I, I think that look, we need to stop looking at pitches. We need to start looking more at pitches from more of an angle mm-hmm. standpoint. The speed differentials are important, but speed differential a lot of the time is because I'm trying to hit two different things. Right, right. I'm trying to hit two different pitches, but when we're eliminating angles, certain angles are not going to be uh, not going to match up well with how I'm moving. There's a, there's a really big reason why two of the hardest pitches, and this is why we hit them every, you know, most coaches try to hit these every single day in the cage. Down and away and up and in. Woo! Right? Down and yeah. away challenges my direction. Up and in challenges my spacing. Yep. Right? So, mm-hmm. again, if I have either one of those issues, if a guy has a problem with spacing, up and in. If a guy has a problem with direction, down and away. Down and away. Yep. 100%. Yeah, those are I big think- ones. I think tunneling, like you're saying, a lot of that's tunneling. Like, yep. You need a like you like the Bregman thing. You better look up and in if you're facing Scherzer, because if he throws you something down in a way that's breaking, there's no shot. For so. sure, and and also too that eliminates. That's another thing. A pitch eliminating, you can eliminate certain fastballs, right? Yeah. So for example, again, uh, I mean, we'll and we'll give the changeup example from when we were at the tournament uh, later here in a minute. Yeah. But when uh, we, we, you know, again, you can eliminate certain fastballs, meaning that again, I can look, let's go fastball, right? And I can go fastball and say, okay, if it starts at a one, two, or a three, I'm swinging. Because again, his Scherzer comes from kind of behind you. If you're a right-handed hitter, kind of comes in at an angle. So like, those are your, those are your swings. Those are yes. If it starts at a four or later, I might eliminate that pitch, Right. So you could also you could also eliminate a certain type of fastball by where it starts, right? Or from where, you know, et cetera. So you can also, you know, kind of start eliminate, even though you're looking for fastball, you're eliminating fastballs away. Right. right? So that's another way to make an approach. Yeah. Um, another example of this is we'll go like change-ups. So change-ups, if you guys look back at Sterling back a couple of years ago, we hammered fastballs. Oh yeah. Hammered fastballs. The guy was throwing fastballs. It was going to be a tough day for him. Even if he threw like 92 to 93, like he was getting, he was going to get lit. Right. Um, but we sucked at changeups. Oh, we were awful at changeups and, and teams caught on teams bad. caught on that. We yep. were really bad. They would throw a thumber up there with some weak, even if it was just an average changeup and it was just dicing our entire dicing lineup. Up. Yeah. Yep. So they, again, a lot of our guys had some direction issues and you know, some other things that were, you know, that were causing some adjustability problems, but yep. In any case, what we started doing, it wasn't that we were eliminating change-ups. We were eliminating parts of the zone. 100%. So we were eliminating, if it comes out of, if it starts at your waist, we're not swinging. Yep. I don't care if it's a fastball, slider, change-up. I remember pulling the whole dugout together, right? We pulled everything together. Yep. If it starts at your waist, we're not swinging. 
Yep. We were only swinging at balls up as a team because we were all struggling with the same pitch, right? Yeah. Now, some guys, again, some guys could still hunt the ball down, like, uh, you know, uh, Sabalos, right? Like, yep. like, he could hammer balls down. Yeah. Right? So, for him, that might not need to be approached for him. He's looking for something at his waist because he hammers balls down and yep. struggles with balls up because he would lose his barrel. Right. Right? So, so that, that was like another, you know, example of another mm -hmm. pitch eliminating. And That's then there's a, a yeah. whole, there's a whole nother depth. And again, this is probably farm plus and doing all yeah. these things. We'll have to do a, um, we could even do a course on it. Oh, we just came up with it. We could do Ooh. a course, a course on it of approach. Yeah. Right. And talking through how a certain mover, different approaches that would work for those guys and designing a approach right. for different movers, because this is another thing too. You don't move the same every day. Some days you need to know that you can only hit balls in. You can only hit balls out. You can only hit balls up. You can only hit balls down. And what yep. are all the reasons why you can only hit those balls? Or you can only hit a ball down and away, or you can only hit a ball down and inside, or only up and inside, or up and out. Like, or maybe at a diagonal. I can only hit balls down and away and up and in, or I can only hit balls, um, you know, um, uh, down and out and, you know, uh, you know, et cetera, right? Right. You get the whole point. Like, there's so much depth of that. But, yeah. again, it all – I can talk about that for forever, but it's just going into, it still comes in the, the foundational block of all of that is movement. Yep. That's why well, the biomechanics score is so important, right? Cause yep. you got to understand movement and the angles that you're creating and all that to design an approach yep. for different type of movers and what they should be doing, you know, and also too, right. What's your approach. Then you get into also situational approaches, right? Right. You got situational approaches. Then it's, you know, certain situations, again, I'm looking to do this X, Y, Z and move a guy over, or, you know, in this situation, he's probably going to try to drive, you know, he wants to throw me um, inside because I'm trying to go opposite way or, you know, there's all these, there's all these things. And again, you can change your spot in the, in the box. There's so many things, right. Yeah. Uh, to touch on with all of that. And again, it, it definitely leaves the door open. Maybe that's yeah. what we do, Bo. Maybe we make an, a, a, I agree. a, a course I agree. about our approaches. I do think though, towards the end here just everything affects everything man like don't don't try to be a hero and if you think you know everything then you're in trouble so yeah always be always be open to listen and and it all it's all one thing at the end yeah. of the day and i think that i think all we're doing is just bridging the gap and making trying to unify and show that it really is just all the same thing yeah you know so yeah love it love it love it love it all right guys well again um if you guys i'm sure you know a lot of you guys are just like Woo! Got you all fired up because you loved, you know, the approach talks. Yeah. And so we really dove into a lot of that stuff. I know that stuff's uh, pretty exciting to you. And, and this is not the end of the conversation. This Definitely is not. just the uh, start of the conversation of all the things. And I get it. I get it why coaches get all excited because there is a lot of depth there. But I, I feel the same way about movement. There's so right. much depth when it comes to movement. And there's so many different rabbit holes to run down is that there's a lot. Again, if you don't leave this conversation thinking like, whoa, there's a lot of things that I could dive into. And yep. there's a lot of ideas and there's a lot more to learn. And anytime you feel like you've arrived, you're yeah, you're in trouble. You're the bus in is gone, baby. The bus is already gone. The bus is already gone, right? So um, that's the other part is there's so much more to learn. Again, I'm trying to learn every single day. I'm learning. I'm pulling things over again. Like right now, um, I'm really diving into, you know, like stocks and learning a lot about like what's going on yep. with stocks. But I'm when I'm learning with stocks, there's so many things that overlap with baseball. It's helping me so much. And that's you guys know that's also my style. I like to pull from martial arts. I like to pull from all these other sports. I like to do all that stuff, hockey, you know, soccer, all these things, and then pull them back into baseball. Like I'm doing the same thing with um, yep. other things that it, it all, it's all one thing. Like both crossover. It overlaps. It's all crossover. All Success crossover. leaves clues. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so um, and a lot of it has to do with mindset, let alone all of that. And so I'm going to, I'm going to put out some stuff here soon about mindset, but uh, yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Oh, oh, we got all sorts of stuff coming, baby. All going, baby. We just getting started. Put your boots on. Shit's about put, to get deep. Put your boots on. And you know what? Hey, you know <laughs> what? You guys got to do us a favor. You guys got to do us a favor. If you're one of these approach coaches and you're like, you're like, you know, like you've been preaching approach and all this stuff. And again, we really, you know, start this conversation. And you guys really like it. Then do us a favor. Hit us with the, hit us with a share. Hit us with a share, share and send it out to somebody, you know, again, get us, get us pumped up and again, give it, um, you know, again, what it deserves, right? You guys want to talk about approach. You want to have more conversations about approach again. You got to let us know. You got to either by sharing, by comments, by, you know, going up. If you guys want us to make a course on approaches, let us know. Start sharing. Start letting us, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, we need to it, hear it. Like, we, well, how many times I say this? 
If, closed yeah. mouths don't get fed around here. Closed mouths don't get, even though, even though we do slide a little under the door here and there, even though when they're not, hey. they don't tell us what they want. We just slide it in. Hey. If there's anybody's DMs that are open, I think <laughs> Joey's. So shoot your shot. If he's mean, let me know. I'll get him in line. <laughs> we'll get something figured out. I agree. I agree. All right, All right fellas. Well, from us and our partners over at Yakutech. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. Farm system out.